Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us about your wild conspiracy. It's on. It's now. It's here. The Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890, 94.9, KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. It's uh, This is great to talk to you on what is a weird kind of day weather-wise. Usually we have, you know, lots and lots of sunshine and warmth and stuff. And uh, today we have lots and lots of clouds. And it's supposed to rain at some point. I'll believe it when it's actually falling on my head. But, uh, hey, again, thanks for uh, tuning into the program today. Jack Lancaster is here with me. going to talk uh, global warming and stuff like that here in a few minutes. Uh, you doing all right, Jack? Great. Good morning. Thanks for coming. How are you doing, Andy? Good. Uh, I had a, a, a quick point before we get Jack rolling here. I had a quick appointment with uh, a, the kidney doctor. Well, you know, I, I recently had a kidney stone, and uh, I learned some things yesterday. For instance, I am a I have been a Gatorade G two lover my whole life. I love the purple. I mean, well, since it's been around, I wouldn't say my whole life, but the last ten years or so. Uh, in fact, right over here, with my right hand, I have a forty ounce uh, uh, mug that I keep full of. Purple G2, lightly flavored, uh, and uh, I've been drinking it every day since I've done this job, uh, since I got this job. Uh, turns out Gatorade is a leading contributor to kidney stones. I did not know that, Ouch. and I'm going to have to make a change in my drinking habits, Jack. Just water, buddy. Yeah, I, <laughs> I have a hard time with just water. I don't know why. Mm. I don't know why. But uh, he recommended a citric-based drink. In other words, like oh. Crystal Light or even orange juice or something like that. Uh, he says citric acid actually helps eliminate kidney stones. Oh. So if I can make the switch from Gatorade. He also said caffeinated drinks are really bad. I, I don't drink caffeinated oh. drinks much anymore. But, uh, yeah, caffeinated drinks and uh, Gatorade. He said Gatorade is basically salt water. He says it's like going and drinking out of the ocean. It's salt water with flavoring. Ooh. And that contributes heavily to kidney stones. Yeah. So I learned. I guess if you're not out chasing a football around a field every afternoon. Right. He said, and he, that did, makes sense. he did say that. He said, listen, if you're out sweating, working really hard and you're sweating, Gatorade's perfect for that. Mm-hmm. But he says, if you're just sitting around because you like the flavor, you drink it. He says, don't. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've got well, there find, you are. I've got to find a new bad <laughs> habit. So uh, Jack Lancaster, local business owner. A former employee here at Cherry Creek, a, yep. a salesman extraordinaire. Thank you. Uh, called it, hung up the uh, sales clipboard. Uh, what about uh, two, three uh, months ago? Four. Last of May. Okay, at so the end that's, of May. Been, well, that's been yeah. five, almost yeah. six months. Yeah. Wow. Well, we miss we miss you, Jack. It's not the same uh, miss, around the office. Miss seeing you guys. It's like yeah. losing part of my family. You know, moving Seriously. away. Seriously, I was only here for. Well, I was in the same job for about 30 years, but I was 30. here uh, when Cherry Creek bought my previous company out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. it's been a while. Wow. Yeah. While you were gone, they went ahead and took Debbie away from us, too. She, she retired. Can you believe that? I don't believe that. Debbie is almost as much an institution here as you were. So I know. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually been, you know, we, we must like this company someone because I've actually been doing sports here for uh, 28 years. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know you've been. In fact, I heard you on the radio uh, Friday night. Yep, did yep. the Crimson uh, Pineview game? Yep. Great yep. ball game. Uh, yep. That defense, Crimson, is legit. That's that's a that's a that's a great defense. Wayne Olofopo leading the uh-huh. way there for Coach Tate. But uh, and, and I'll be doing Crimson Cliffs and uh, Dixie this weekend, this Friday night. Too. Okay, so get right to on. know Crimson a little bit better. 
That's fun. Uh, all right, let's get into let's get into a couple of topics I wanted to talk about today. Maybe later on in the show, if you if if you can hang around a little bit, we'll talk about uh, uh, jobs. Why are why aren't people applying for jobs? Why aren't people working? Why are all these job openings out there? But I wanted to start off an area that's kind of been a pet project of yours, something that you've uh, gained extreme interest in over the years, and that is the debate about. Well, climate change, and, and they've called it many things, global warming, global cooling, man-made climate change, man-made global warming. It has so many different names out there, but uh, I have been uh, on, I've gone on record saying I'm very skeptical about what they're trying to sell me. You're a denier. I'm kind of a denier. Climate a denier. Yeah, that's what they call us. Yeah. Right up there with a the Holocaust denier. That's why they use that word. Uh, well, no, I, no I, <laughs> I'm not going to deny that. No, one. I know. But, that's uh, the yeah. point. <laughs> So I, I just I, I you know everything I read now. So I grew up in a house. My dad was a was a meteorologist. Is uh-huh. a meteorologist. Oh. Well, I mean he's retired now, yeah. so I guess was is the right word. But he's not dead or anything. But okay. he's yeah, a meteorologist. Uh, he grew up being a television meteorologist. He was around and a scientist working at colleges. He was around climatologists, meteorologists, all these people his whole life. Uh, and and the one thing that I learned from him that he learned that he taught. Uh, was that climate changes. Climate changes on mm-hmm. this planet yeah. all the time. Uh, we'll have a trend where it's a little warmer. We'll have a trend where it's a little cooler. Mm-hmm. We'll have a trend where think, you know maybe there's more, more, more moisture or bigger storms. and then Or drought. Or, or drought. And, and these things happen, and that's Earth. That's what happens on Earth. Climate mm-hmm. changes. Right. And so along comes all these people, liberals mostly, who say, well, it's our fault. Right. And I was just like, wait a minute. My whole life, I've learned that climate changes. It 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 changes because that's Earth. That's it's the ecosystem in which we live. This giant one that mm-hmm. is Earth. And and then people telling me, well, this is all our fault. And I just I think number one, I think that's a little bit uh, egocentric to believe that that you affect everything, you know. And 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 number two, I just I don't see it. I, I don't have. There's not enough evidence out there. Nobody's proved that to me that we are the reason that climate changes. There is no hard evidence. There's evidence that's been uh, fabricated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, there is one thing. There's one thing that uh, we humans have done in the last 60 years or so that is kind of unusual, mm-hmm. and that's we've put a lot of CO2 in the atmosphere. True. Uh, we went from, right now it's about 420 parts per million, and uh, 60, 70 years ago it was about 3, 280, 280 parts per million. So we've done that. So wait, give me those numbers again. It, it's 420 now? 420-ish parts okay. per million. Parts per million. So that's a very small number. Parts per million, yeah. Very small number. So it's it's four people out of 100,000 in a, in a stadium. That's, and it used to be two. That's not a big change. That's the Jack. difference. That's, and that's what they're screaming about. No, I'm serious. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, 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 and and the, thing that, the thing that is really disturbing lately, and maybe you can address this and talk about some of the real numbers, but is with Joe Biden and the current administration and the current leadership all in, in the whole country, it's assumed now that global, that man-made climate change is, is a given. It, it's assumed that that's a scientific fact now. And, because and, 97% of scientists agree that, and that's the, that's the mantra that Al Gore's talked said right 97 percent of scientists agree that there is such thing as man-made climate change or man-made global warming but that's not data that's an appeal to authority right right you can't well you know how how many thousands or hundreds of years ago was it that uh, all the scientists agreed that the earth was flat earth was flat yeah you know so 
doesn't they, matter what scientists think. You go too far, you're going to fall off the edge. That's right. what they said. Mm-hmm. There's actually still people that believe that, yeah, by the way. Right now, you don't fall <laughs> off the edge, you hit the ice wall. <laughs> oh, there's no edge. It's yeah. just an ice wall. And you wall. can't get over it because it's 4,000 feet high, so it's impossible oh. to get over it, mm-hmm. even okay. though there's such things as airplanes that fly over them. <laughs> Let's not go down that path. So, so <laughs> we, yeah, we, we go back to the, you know, the, the difference between actual science, actual established principles, and opinion about people who are scientists. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's really frustrating to me because I've seen this my whole life because my dad, because I've been in the science field, you know, following my dad as he was in academia and, you know, scientists are people, right? They have opinions. They feel, I mean, I, I have a relative right now who is a professor at the local university here who uh, has opinions about all kinds of stuff. And I don't agree with a lot of those opinions, mm-hmm. but because this relative of mine is a professor. Apparently, her opinions count more than mine. Well, yeah. <laughs> it depends apparently. on, yeah, it depends on. But the thing is about what's going on right now in the, in the United States and mm-hmm. a lot of the Western countries is that if you're a scientist and you want to get a grant and you want to do a study on name your topic, right? spotted owls, whatever it is, yeah. if you show that the result of your study is going to show that this thing or this creature is affected by climate change, and you put that in your proposal to get funding, you get, you then get, you get your funding. Yeah. If you don't show that, maybe you won't. Well, there's a, there's a built-in bias. So there's then. a built-in bias right from the get-go. Yeah. If you, if you the guy that's going to give you money wants you to have this result. Right. And if you go into it with your proposal saying, well, I'm probably not going to get that result. I'm going to get a different result. The guy with the money is going to say, well, then you can't have my $4 yeah. million. Dollars. Yeah. And it, it's not a guy. It's some government agency. It's some right. government uh, planning, you know, bureaucracy, you know, where they, where they, uh, you know, they, they hand out money based on their charters or based on their, their mandates from the laws that are, you know, underneath all that. Does that then, in effect, taint everything we know about science? It, it, it can, yeah. Uh, wow. And And so when you look at things that way, I mean, you know, it's, it's like, okay, why are we in perpetual wars? Well, because, you know, the industrial complex wants to build you know, tanks and airplanes or whatever, the defense makes some money, yeah. you know, so there's that. I mean, there's, there's self-perpetuating systems and that's what happens no matter what it is. I mean, right. systems to tend to want to perpetuate themselves, especially human created systems like that, because we create a, we create a bureaucracy, we create a, a thing and then we want to keep it. it, it so it's, so if I'm a professor, say I'm a physicist and mm-hmm. I have some theory about, I mean, you'll go back to big bang theory, I guess yeah. I have a theory about, uh, quantum physics and, and this result will produce this. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I write a proposal, some kind of research thing that I want to get money from someone to, mm-hmm. it's got to be in my head. Okay. If I say this, they're going to say yes. If I say this, they're going to say yeah. no. Yeah. That, that taints everything, Jack. Right. Well, that's, I mean, the reports, the people that I'm listening to, that's what they're, you know, that's a lot of what's going on, hmm. huge amount of what's going on. And, you know, we can talk about, you know, we can talk about the, the concentration of CO2 in the atmosphere, and that's undebatable. That, everybody agrees on it. Everybody agrees that in the last 50, 60 years, we've doubled the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere. Now, they've taken that, and they said, oh, that's horrible. And yeah. so everything that you hear about global warming isn't about what's happening right now. Well, they'll tell you. Well, let me put that. Let me backtrack. They'll say if there's a drought, it's because of, of climate change. Because we're even though there was droughts hundreds of years ago, and even though there was droughts, the Anasazi used to live here, and yeah. now they don't because there was a drought. Drought, yeah. right? Well, this drought's our fault. 
Okay. Yeah. So you've had hurricanes back in the 1800s and, and, and the worst hurricane on record that, that killed more people in, in uh, Texas. And uh, I don't know, it was like in the early 1900s, late 1800s. Right. You know, that was natural. But the one that came through last week was our fault. It's our fault. Okay. The forest fires in California this summer. It's been pretty bad. You know, we get smoke here. Yeah. You know, and they'll say, okay, well, look, you know, those are the worst forest fires in history since, uh, but they, they'll give you a graph and it's starting in the 1970s. Okay. But if you go back to the 1930s, 10 times more acreage was burned in the United States in the 1920s and 30s than there has been in the last 60 years. So they will argue, well, that's because we couldn't fight fires as well back then. Well, okay. <laughs> but it was a lot harder, hotter in the in the 20s and 30s and 40s. It's a lot hotter then. Yeah. We had much more frequency of 100 plus degree days uh, uh, the summers, uh, 110 wow. degree days. The, the, uh, you heard the Dust Bowl? Uh-huh. Yeah. Remember the, sure. the, the, the book Grapes of Wrath? Yeah. Okay, those were climate refugees because right. that was in the 1930s. What did they do? They left Oklahoma, the Dust Bowl, for California. Why? Because there was a drought. Anyway. I wanted to ask you about this Paris Climate Accord. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the U.S. was involved with it. President Trump pulled us out. Uh, Biden's getting us back into it. Um, but the way I understand it, the, the countries that are, are into it, that have agreed to the Paris Climate Accord, are the countries that are already doing a lot of stuff to mm-hmm. try to to try to help the environment. Right. The countries that really aren't doing anything, in fact, the worst offenders in our in our world, have no interest in that. They have no, they're not even developed enough to do that. I mean, if you, to me, there's, we're, we're, we're actually doing a pretty good job in the United States, mm-hmm. uh, and yet we're supposed to do better when these other countries, and I'm talking about China and places like that, mm-hmm. they're doing nothing. Right. Well, and, well, they're not, I was reading recently that China's building some nuclear power plants, yeah. which is the best thing to do if you want to stop putting CO2 in the atmosphere. Sure. Because the only, really, the only thing you can do to replace a coal fire plant is build a nuclear. And there's some new uh, next-generation nuclear plants that are completely safe uh, that use, uh, there's some plans that use a thing called, uh, use an element called thorium, which is uh, a liquid salt lifter reactor, a liquid salt uh, fluoride reactor. And it's completely different design from what we use now. It's much more efficient. If we start using a thorium-designed nuclear reactor, we'll have more electricity we know what to do with. Your, your power bill in your house will be $12 a year. Wow. And, and you'll have more electricity than you ever thought you could need. So those are the kinds of things that's going to eventually replace it. It may be 20 years down the road. But for now, fossil fuels is what we're going to do. And if you don't want to starve to death, in fact, you remember last, was it last winter when uh, they had that cold snap down in southern Texas? Mm-hmm. And all the wind turbines froze up, right? And and uh, they were they got snow, so you, the solar pa- panels didn't work. Okay. So how how was that? How did that help those people that died down there that froze to death? I don't know. Well, they didn't because they had they had they had bypassed the the grid so that the fossil fuel the the coal power plants and the natural gas power plants weren't taking up the slack. They couldn't use it anymore. Right. Yeah. So you know what kills people is this was this kind of stuff. You know. Um, if if you look at what's reliable, what you know, you drive to Vegas and you look how many thousands of acres are taken up by solar plant, solar panels, yeah. in the desert, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, how much acreage did that coal fire plant take up that they dismantled? Not very you know, ten much. acres. Yeah. 
Not versus what? A couple hundred thousand? Right. So what's yeah. a bigger impact on the planet? And what are you going to do with those whole solar panels when they when they uh, peter out, when they're yeah. done? Put them in a dump and take up thousands of more. And all, of those, and all those rare earth elements that are going to pollute the groundwater and everything. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know. I mean, there's no easy solutions here, but I'm just saying... You just can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and expect that, that life's going to go on la-di-da. It just isn't. You know, people are going to suffer. I, I was thinking as you were talking about the, the, the new nuclear power, mm-hmm. uh, how hard are current electric companies going to fight to keep that out? Because they're not going to make the kind of money on that. that oh, they, they will. Right Here's what they can do. Uh, most nuclear plants currently are set next to water reserves because they need all that water to do it. Yeah. You don't need the water. To cool these plants, you need the water for the for the steam turbines and all that. But that's that's insignificant compared to what the uses they need now. Okay. But you're gonna talk, you're gonna desalinate. You can have so much ele- uh, excess power, you can desalinate cheaply. Wow, that would be yeah. that would answer that would solve a lot of problems mm-hmm. here in the West. Right. You can you can uh, uh, okay, and then you can make hydrogen because you got so much electricity, you can crack water and make hydrogen. Hmm. Now you got fuel for your cars. Right. Okay. Or your electric cars. Okay. And then you've got these rare uh, radioactive isotopes that medicine uses to fight cancer that's very, very efficient, but very few places make it now, like one, one or two places in the whole world. And, and now you can have this radioisotope, I don't know the name of it, but it's going to be able to fight cancer, and they'll be able, these power companies that, that own these power plants, they're going to sell electricity, they're going to sell hydrogen, they're going to sell desalinated uh, salt water, and they're going to sell these radioisotopes. They'll actually have four revenue streams. Wow. So maybe they won't fight it? No. Maybe? If they, if they get their foot in the right door? Right. And the reason why uh, nuclear, they're shutting down another plant in California now. It's just so sad. And they're, you know, that, they're just such idiots over there, their yeah. policy. Let's put, but, let's put giant fans up instead. Giant fans that kill uh, birds and kill uh, uh, birds of prey and bats yeah. and all these, all these animals. Of course, of course, if you own a farm of windmills, you're exempt from the, um, uh, from the act that finds you for killing a, a bird of prey. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're good. You're, you're okay with that. Because you're saving the world right. with your wind yeah. farm. So there's trade-offs in everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah, all right. Let's take a call. Seth has been hanging on. What's up, Seth? Yes, I'd like to comment about the climate change, but first, the most important person on this phone here is Andy, and we <laughs> need to find a way to fix him up. I got to stop drinking that G2, man. It's killing me, apparently. Yeah, it is for sure. And uh, um, in the military, they told me, in every chemistry class, they told me not to, the distilled water. And what I'd like you to do is any water uh, that you drink, and here's something that you're really missing, is the ice cubes. Ice cubes. Nasty, dirty water, ice cubes, only two kinds of water, clean and dirty. You drink your clean water being distilled. You wash away the things that shouldn't be there. When you do, and I'm going to try not to offend everybody, that when you do number one, if it's uh, yellow or brownish, that's the kind of stuff that's going to make those uh, stones. Okay. So when you look in the toilet, if it isn't uh, twinkly, <laughs> sparkly clean, you're dehydrated and right. you're allowing those things to sit where they can plate on one another and build a marble. 
That's that's kind of what the, uh, the the doc said yesterday. Yeah. He said clear. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, most of us living in this country or in this desert are vastly dehydrated. Yeah. Jack, are you dehydrated? All the time, constantly. Yeah. Okay. So, so, and then if we put the wrong stuff in, now let's follow the science. Uh, let's uh, take the water you're consuming, everybody in the audience, everybody take the water you're consuming, put a 16-ounce serving in a frying pan, boil the water off. If there's anything left in the frying pan, you got a problem. Yeah, and that happens a lot. You ever you ever done that where you left the water on too long and you have this white residue left? Yes, yeah. eat it and see what happens to you. <laughs> Ew. Whoa, stinky, nasty, salty. Yeah. And you're gobbling that down by the gallon. True, so, true. Uh, take your ice cubes. Uh, do, melt your ice cubes. What, in addition, so you go somewhere and you get a drink or something, you got no idea all that ice that's in that's there. Pellet ice, yeah. Everybody loves the pellet ice, right? Right. Okay. It's melting. <laughs> and uh, so let's follow the science. If you, if you have scum in the pan uh, and it's the water you're drinking, try eating it. Yeah, now, I'm right. told that when they move the water, let's say Costco or Walmart or whatever, when they move the water, spring water, drinking water, filtered water, between states, they're required to add fluoride. Really? Okay. So we don't have fluoride here. I worked at the water um, treatment plant uh, at Quail Creek, and so we use ozone. We use other things that that might help. We use all kinds of chemicals and, and the like, uh, but there's no fluoride. So you're going to drink this water, which is typically tap water, and then they're going to add chlorine and fluorine to it, two halogens, two really kamikaze killer things. Yeah. Okay, so it's about time we follow the science. No, and and this time we're not going to depend on grants. We're going (laughs) to do frying pans in our kitchen. Good idea, Seth. Good idea. Well, it's silly stuff, and I get a lot of criticism. (laughs) Well, why are you mentioning this crazy stuff? And the answer is uh, kidney stones. Kidney stones. Uh, Yeah, I got a big one. Well, I had a big one. Sorry. All right. I got a hammer. Anytime you want, I can, I can make them small. Oh, no, please don't. <laughs> please don't. All right, thanks for the call today. 931 on KDXU. Jack, we're going to do a weather break here. Okay. We'll come back and talk some more about this. I'm interested. Thorium? Is that what you Thorium. Thorium. It's an element, yeah. Thorium. Thorium, oh, yeah. Look, look that one up. Yeah, yeah, well, that's a good one. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in, call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back. I'm Andy. Jack Lancaster is my guest today. Jack is a, uh, I don't know, he's a business owner, local guy, mm-hmm. good guy, friend of mine. And uh, I would call him a an inquisitive guy. Jack Thank you. is into a lot of different stuff and spends a lot of time studying, doing research mm-hmm. on different topics. He is not afraid to admit that he believes there is a Yeti or a Bigfoot <laughs> out there somewhere. Me and someone else that's... Yeah, former that employer here. Oh, okay, and, uh, okay. And then, uh, but but uh, <clears throat> climate change is... 
I'm just saying it's things. possible. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's not saying he saw one. He's saying it could it could be. I've seen track. I've seen the 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 plaster casts of tracks. Very cool. And when you when you handle one of those things, it kind of shouldn't we if, if we find dinosaur bones and plaster yeah. casts of foot casts of footprints? Shouldn't uh-huh. we believe in other stuff then that make footprints and I don't know. Well, I, you know, dinosaurs, I don't want to get off in the weeds too right, far. But. Fossilized, you know, hasn't been around for hundreds of millions of years. But yeah. you know, Sasquatch, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Well, yeah. we're getting off topic. But. Yes, we are. Let's, let's I was see. just showing. I was just showing you uh, an article on this uh, website, realclimatescience.com. dot uh, com. A guy named Tony Heller's a, a climate uh, researcher. Okay, so and, let, go ahead. And let's talk about wildfires. Sure. I mean, you know. We, it, I mean, there is there's ubiquitous coverage of stuff like wildfires. You know, Paradise, California mm-hmm. burned down, and yep. you know, people lost their homes, and some people have even lost their lives. And so, surely, according to what we've read and heard, these are the worst wildfires in the history of our country, right? right. Well, that's what they say. That's what they say. That's, that's what they that's say. That's what they tell us all. That's uh-huh. what I hear every day yep. on the news. Yep. And then there's a there's a video that uh, Tony Heller just put up, and I'll I'll read uh, uh, the. Um, let me just find it. I had it here. Uh, <clears throat> the worst fires in U.S. history occurred 150 years ago this week. Wait, wait, wait. What? 150, 150 years, years ago, ago well, this week. That can be. No, they were last yeah. summer, weren't no, they? No, no. Uh, thousands were dead in Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, and Minnesota. The flames were a kilometer high and were a moving at a kilometer yeah, high? Moving at 160 kilometers an hour. Um, there's There's been major, major forest fires in the 20s and 30s and 40s. Uh, 10 or 15 times more than they were this last summer. Hmm. So easily, but, 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 but they only go back to the 1960s when it was in, a, in the earth seventies, when it was in the low point and they'll say, and they'll show you a graph that shows from that point forward. So when they say the biggest fires <laughs> in history are this year, they're actually saying, well, the biggest fires maybe in the last, in the last 50, 50 years. years. Right. Yeah. But not in history, huh. not even close. So, so how do we, you know, and it's funny because actually I'll see a story and it'll say uh, this is the biggest fire since 1965 or something like mm-hmm. that. And immediately my brain as a consumer who, who, who digests all this information, mm-hmm. in my head I go, okay, well, that's that, regardless of what year it was, it's been 50, 60 years. So that must, that's a long time. That's almost ever to me. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. And so, but, but see, what they're doing is they're trying to give you a false sense of context. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sure. So if you had full context, right. right, right, you would understand that in the last, let's say, twenty thousand years, we had an ice age twenty thousand years ago. Yes, we did. Chicago was under a mile of ice. Mm-hmm. You know, Canada was most of Canada was under two miles of ice. You know, how do you go cro- grow crops in that climate? Ain't no crops at two miles of and, ice. And you know, nobody's denying that the Earth is getting a little bit warmer. The question is, are we doing it? And the question is, sh- should we do anything, or can we do anything about it? Right. That's and, really, when you, when you break it down, okay, are we putting CO2 in the atmosphere? Yes. Is it causing warming? Well, a little bit more will cause a little bit more. Is that bad? Well, they'll tell you it's universally bad. Is it? That's what they tell us. Is it? That's Did you know the, the world is greening? Just Google up uh, the greening of the world. And NASA. There's a NASA uh, um, image of the planet and how, more, how much more Wait, it's greened. You're telling me the world is getting more green, not less green. Absolutely. Because plants eat CO2. That's, but that's what their food is. But that's not what they're telling us, Jack. They're telling us that the world is, we're, we're going to die. The world in, in 30 years, 40 years, the planet is going to yeah. implode. Well, because then that way they can, they can uh, scare you into 
paying more taxes and and subjecting you. I don't know. Is there any other scenario we can think of where people have been scared into accepting more government control recently? Can you think of something recently mm, where we've been scared think, maybe, into uh, thinking that more government control some, is the answer? Some kind of maybe a virus? worldwide virus pandemic something, thing, yeah. you know, <laughs> where the Australians have turned into a police state. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they're and they're beating up people because they're marching peacefully down the street. I mean, I, I'm just saying there there's no there, there's there's precedent for it, right? Yeah. Yes, there is. <laughs> and and we're we're in a position of saying, well, look. Number 1, can we do anything about it? Probably not. Number 2, is increased CO2 uh causing some warming? Probably a little bit. But it's well within the the parameters of 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 life. And if you can grow more crops further north in Canada and and in Siberia and in Russia, is that a bad thing? That seemed like a good thing. To that me. would seem like a good thing, right? Because if yeah. you have a longer growing season, you can grow more food on the planet. There's more food, plant food in the air in the form of CO2. So plants become more uh, drought resistant. But they always, okay. yeah, they always tell us, though, about the melting of the polar ice caps. And that's, that's going to spell our doom. That's not happening. And, and the polar ice caps are right, right in the middle of normal for the last... Uh, I think they've been measuring it since the 1970s uh, in the north. So it's not and happening. And it's right in the middle of normal. It's not happening. Yeah. But right now. I see pictures of glaciers calving, they call That's, it. Another. Well, okay, a glacier calving. Why does a glacier calve? Okay. Let's think about this for a minute. What's a glacier made of? Ice. Where does the ice come from? Uh, cold air and water. Snow. Snow. Precipitation. Yeah. Right? So further up the mountain or further inland or further back, from where the glaciers calving in the ocean or in the in the inlet, right? Mm-hmm. It's a river of ice, but because it's ice, it moves a lot more slowly. So if the glacier is calving, that means it's being pushed from the precipitation up above it, up above it, hmm. which is causing the weight to push it down. Hmm. So why hmm. is that a bad thing? And and what was the most famous gla- uh, uh, iceberg of all? Well, the one the Titanic hit, I guess. When was that? 1910? 1910, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so glaciers have been calving since there have been glaciers. Yeah, true. Very very, very well put. Um, we, they've, they've got us worried about, you know, the polarized cats. They've got us worried about the hole in the ozone. Uh, that it, was, uh, yeah, that was back back in, remember when we were kids and used to spray uh, underarm deodorant aerosol, with aerosols yeah, and hairspray yeah. and that? That was from uh, chlorofluorocarbons. And they did uh, combine with uh, with uh, ozone to to detach because O three ozone is not a stable element, you know, and so you have to uh, uh, when that chlorine was uh, attaching to it, it was it was uh, uh, creating it to um, or it was de- destabilized. It was it was tearing apart the O three, making O two, and then chlorine uh, okay. something else. The point is. Is, is they'll say, well, okay, we got to quit doing that because of the hole in the ozone. Well, where's the hole at? Well, it's over the South Pole, <laughs> where a lot of people live, I'm telling you. Yeah. But the problem is, how does ozone get there in the first place? I don't know. So if there's ozone yeah. in the atmosphere, what created it? And the process that created it at the beginning, is it still happening, or did we somehow kill the process? No, no. the process is happening. Yeah. The process is lightning. Hmm. Lightning okay. in the atmosphere creates ozone. Lightning. Yeah. All right. Well, they're telling us there's more lightning now, right? So well, if more- if the earth if the earth is warming and seventy percent of the earth's surface is water, 
that's going to create more water vapor. And right. water vapor is a very powerful greenhouse gas, by the way. It's more powerful than anything. Right. Even more than methane, even more than uh, CO2. But what happens to water vapor eventually when it cools down and goes over a mountaintop? It rains. It, it condenses because it cools off, yeah. and then it rains or it snows. Yeah. So you're going to get more weather events. Now, my wife's from Mexico City, mm-hmm. and she watches the Mexican news every day, and Mexico's getting flooded. Really? <laughs> they are so, yeah. <laughs> They've got floods. Those poor people down there. They're getting nailed with rain. They are man. getting nailed. Yeah. Wow. They're absolutely getting nailed. But, you know, and then is, that, is, is CO2 the only variable in, the, in our planet's system that's a, a, a knob on the temperature of the, of the system? Are there other variables? Of course. Maybe this big hot ball in the sky that, that heats us every day. Yeah. Did you know that, that NASA says Mars has been warming? Really? Yeah. Mars, huh? So if Mars is warming and the Earth is, maybe there's another thing that's causing the warming. Like the sun. Like the sun. <laughs> the sun has cycles. Mm. Yeah. All right. Right? Yeah, the sun has sunspot sure. cycles, 11-year cycle. There's also a thing called a Milankovitch cycle. Did you know that Earth's orbit is not a perfect circle around the, the sun? Right, it's it a, varies. A parabola, right, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And every 10 or 11,000 years, we go into an ice age. And then we come out. And then we go back in. And then we come out. And that's... And that is, like your father used to tell you. I, I was going to say, that's exactly <laughs> what I've been taught my whole life. Right. And so when everybody comes to, oh, well, the world's dying and it's your fault, it makes me kind of angry. It makes me kind of think, well, what do you mean it's my fault? Uh, especially when you have uh, underdeveloped or undeveloped countries who they are essentially 100 years behind us. If we got rid of oil and coal yeah. and natural gas, within five or six years, there wouldn't be a tree left on the planet because hmm. we'd burn all the wood. And you know the most ridiculous thing you'll ever hear? They got rid of some coal fire plants in England and they converted them to wood burning. <laughs> and they're chopping down forests in Canada to burn wood in England, in England, even though they got coal sitting under their feet. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Hey, if you want, if you want to get in on the conversation, six seven three five eight nine zero is the phone number. You can text me. I'd love to take your text at four three five four six seven five eight four two. Got another quick commercial break in, and then I want to ask Jack about uh, employment right now because he's a business owner. This is one of those topics that uh, doesn't seem we, we can't seem to figure out. We are either too many unemployed, or now we're too many employed, and those that don't want to be employed aren't. And well, yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back. I want to mention Joe Shoney. He is a loan consultant. His specialty, customer service, taking care of you. You go online and read the reviews on socialsurvey.me website, and he averages a phenomenal 4.91 out of five stars with over 500 reviews. Check him out online. It's Joe Shoney. His phone number is 435-590-6300, and I'm told legally I have to say he is NMLS number 121041. We're interactive on The Andy Griffin Show. Call in, Call in at 673-5890 or text in at 435-467-5842. Let your voice be heard on The Andy Griffin Show. Welcome back, Andy. Hanging out with Jack Lancaster today. We'll check in your call. Let's go right to the phone lines. Hey, thanks for calling today. What's on your mind? Good morning. Morning. Yeah, one of the things that doesn't matter what topic you're talking about, of course, uh, climate change, and uh, there's so many others. It's so important to know the source of your information. 
and too often someone has an agenda. You know, this climate change, we've the, the government and many other interested parties have an agenda, and that is they want to control our behavior. Right. And so you have, you have to find a source of information that's interested in truth. They don't have an agenda. They just simply will go wherever the truth takes them. And this is true of any topic that you pick. You know, you, too many people go to the Internet, they look up a topic without really too much concern about who it is that they're getting their information from. Very true. And so I, I would just caution everybody, find a couple of sources that you know have their agenda is the truth, and you can follow that. But, you know, we, we get pulled around by our nose because we're not discerning enough about what the agenda is of the people that we're listening to. I think, too, if you have time, and we don't always have time in the modern society, but if you have time, go to many, many sources, and then you can figure out what the truth is through your own discernment. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, I agree with well, the caller, too. If I might, Andy, I think that's the problem, that we go to these many sources. I think that's fine if you know who they are. Right. But if you're just, you know, pulling up five different articles on the Internet, and you're, you know, two of them are pro and three of them are con, that is almost worthless. You need to have trusted people who have a history of telling the truth. And, and by the way, you probably aren't going to find these people on the Internet because, as we all know, there's a great deal of censorship that's taking place yeah. that you can't even get truth, the truth tellers anymore. And so I, I agree that you should have multiple sources, but multiple sources of trusted people that you personally know that this is a credible source. And then you can measure one against the other. That, I think that is healthy. But going to the Internet and, and putting in search climate change, you're not going to find the truth. Well, you're going to find everything that says the climate is changing and it's our fault. And it's, yes. and it's the most worst disaster ever coming. Uh, that's what you're going to find. Uh, what's sad, and, and I agree with you, because when I first started my journey on, on researching this, uh, I was personally afraid of it. I thought it was, I thought, you know, hey, this is, this is bad. We're all going to, uh, you know, this is going to, this is going to, you know, my children, my grandchildren. And what I found was that uh, I, I've been following this guy named Tony Heller, and he does uh, videos on climate change on YouTube uh, once or twice, uh, almost every day, maybe four or five times a week. And He'll show you a graph that NASA did in the 19, uh, nine, early 1990s that shows the 1940s at a certain temperature, which is pretty high, which was the high, 1920s and 30s and 40s. And then he'll do another graph that was redone by NASA in 20, 2015, 2016, and they've altered the past and cooled it down. So yeah, NOAA that's, that's and NASA right. are changing the history of their own data. Wow. Yeah, this is precisely what I'm talking yeah. about. You can't, you know, go, going to the Internet, that information can be changed. I recommend that, that if people haven't already, get your hands on books, books that were, were printed, published years ago, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Maybe even you have to go back further than that, when mm -hmm. fact, you do, because yeah. those can't be changed. Right. You know, I just remind you of uh, Orwell's 1984, and I realize that was fiction, but it's fiction that has come to truth to be true. He was a prophet. <laughs> and, and all of this can be changed. All of this electronic media can be and is being changed. And so your point is well taken. We need to have sources from people we trust that still have access to this. By the way, the Federal Reserve does this all the time. They change the information that's available to you. They scrub it. They, they eliminate it. Wow. And so my, my point being, 
Know your source of information. It has to be from truth seekers, and then you'll be on the right path. That's but good advice. It, yeah. Okay, thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks for the call today. Let's go to line two. Richard is on line two. Hey, what's up? Morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Okay, I've been hearing, like, Chevrolet and Ford and all these guys are building these big new plants to build electric trucks and cars. Yeah, they're all converting over, yep. And I understand we've got some of this fancy metals and stuff that go on these batteries, which you're not supposed to toss in landfills. And yeah. sooner or later, batteries go bad. That's right, lithium-ion, yep. So what the heck's that going to do to the environment? It's okay if we pollute China. We just can't pollute over here, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Is that the way they're looking at it? Yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, we'll kill an American industry because it may pollute a little bit, but we'll send it to China where it pollutes a lot more, so it's okay. So the combustion engine is going the way of the dodo. Yeah, in fact, in California, they're going to, 2030, 2035? Yeah, it's close. You can't can't sell a a, a combustion engine car on a new car I think New York is passing something like that as well. In fact, my question was, what about all the millions of cars currently and well and they're not gonna they, they you can still drive those you just yeah. and they'll have gas stations of course you just can't sell a brand new car maybe all the classic cars yeah. will be coming back because people don't want to do that <laughs> oh i let I them know. do their thing let them drive down this road i you know i i guess eventually we'll get rid of the internal combustion although i don't know why i drive a natural gas honda do you okay yeah you got an ng car okay. i got an ngv you yeah. like it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> two dollars a gallon so what's not to like? I'm paying three seventy five over yeah, here, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. But uh, all right, I did want to spend. We're down to like four minutes left. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask you about what's going on in employment. There's an article on KSL.com. You guys can go read it mm-hmm. yourself if you want to. Uh, that is said, said. Virtually everyone around town has a help wanted sign up. Right. Uh, why aren't people working? Where are all the people that need jobs? And and I'll ask you as a business owner: Have you seen this? And and if you have what. Where are they? What's going on? I, for the life of me, I don't know. I mean, the popular explanation is, is they're all sitting home uh, collecting unemployment. Right. And I, I guess, you know, uh, I can tell you that we're the, Utah is one of the fastest growing states in the last year. Mm-hmm. And Washington County is the fastest growing county in Utah. So we're, we're in the eye of the hurricane right here in right. that. Uh, I can tell you that there are many, many restaurants that are closing down, cutting back hours because yeah. they don't have people. Yeah, there's, there's you know, um, if you're a breakfast place, you might be open for breakfast, but sorry, we're not going to be open in the evening because yeah. we don't have anybody to work. Right, right. And that's with almost all of them. Fortunately, my little restaurant, we've been able to keep open and stay open, but I'm coming up on a crunch right now. I'm coming into my second busiest, I'm in my second busiest month of the year, and I've got people that are, you know, you know people quit for various reasons anyway. Sure, everybody has life, and, But yeah. you, it's so hard. You know, and then we're we're like, okay, my wife and I last night were saying, well, I guess we're just going to have to fill in all these hours. Last night, my wife and I worked till ten o'clock because we didn't have enough people on staff. Wow! In the last last yeah. week, driving around town, I saw two different restaurants. One fast food, one a sit down restaurant. Said now hiring fourteen dollars an hour. Right, right. How, how can a guy like you, small business, compete you, with that? You have to raise your prices. Well, my food prices have uh. gone up, and it's not because of the the cattle aren't more expensive. I've got a cousin who's a rancher, and he's getting the same price he's always got for his cows. But the packing houses have, have really raised their prices because they can't keep people. They pay workers. They got to pay people, and so you're you're having shortages there. You're having shortages on certain types of chicken, like the the wings, maybe you heard of. So the packing houses are getting hit, uh, and that's causing that. You know, this oil spill out in California was because I'll bet you 
and I heard this today on the news, some ship that's sitting out there waiting to unload anchored and hit that anchored yeah. and hit that thing. Anchor hit a hit pipeline. that pipeline. That's their theory. Okay, yep. so you got what two or three hundred ships out there waiting on. Why are they sitting out there waiting? They can't to, unload them. Nobody. Why will do can't it. they unload? Nobody. Nobody to work. Right? There's nobody working. Yeah. So this isn't just us. We've done it to ourselves. These idiots that are throwing out this this. I don't even know it's borrowed money, but it's fiat money. Fake, fake it's paper. Money. Yeah. There's money everywhere, but there's nobody to to do it. If you don't have people to make things, you don't get things. Think about it. Right. So you got right. money, but you got nowhere to spend it. You got more money chasing fewer and fewer goods and services. That equals inflation. And good That's luck. Sad for I lived through the seventies. It's not fun. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. fourteen, fifteen percent interest rates on your homes, on your mortgage. Craziness, okay? craziness. And, and 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 there's very little you and I personally can do about it. And you say, okay, we'll, re- we'll elect someone else. Okay, guess what? The presidential election is three years away from from now. So three years. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I just think they're just going to have to. And I I I think these people aren't stupid. I don't there, think they're stupid. A, they know full plan. well what they're Yes. Hmm. They know full well what they're doing. And what they're doing is evil. I'll say it. It's evil. It's evil because they know what they're doing. Is, is it money? Is that the driving I force? don't know. I think it's power. I think they power. feel like if they can buy votes, if they can buy the people who are the great unwashed, you know, uh, I don't know who coined the phrase, the useful idiots, if you will. <laughs> not the listeners of this program, of course, of course or the station. No. no. <laughs> I... I just feel honestly right now helpless. That, yeah. that, that's the yeah. biggest feeling right now as I watch gas prices. A year ago, gas was two twenty a gallon. It's right. three seventy right, right now in St. Right. George. Look at the all empty shelves at all the WalMarts. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's it's and, and, and they can't get stuff unloaded. Yeah, and they can't get them out of the boats because nobody's there to unpack. Right, them. and so now you're gonna have all these factories in the middle. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Mm. Frustration. Give us a positive word before we go. Well, you know, Sasquatch is going to be discovered soon, and we will have evidence. There's going to be a body. That's positive right there. (laughs) Thanks, Jack, for coming on today. It's always great to talk to you. Okay. 9.59 on KDXU. Clan Buck coming up. Hey, uh, tomorrow we got a special guest on the program. It is Dr. Blodgett.